Indeed, he is risen. Christos vos Christi. Christina vos Christos Aneste. Alitos Aneste. How many weeks have we been waiting to say those beautiful words? A blessed feast day to you all. Last night it began with a glorious reception of three people into our Byzantine Catholic Church, one through baptism and two through the profession of faith and chrismation. So it's truly a delightful day uh, to have new members of the body of Christ amongst us. When I was a young boy, remember I'm Italo Greek, you know, I've got a big, big family. Well, they've, many of them died now. But when I was little, it was like my big fat Greek wedding. That's exactly how my household was. Everybody's name was Nicholas. It's, that movie was true. <laughs> well, my father uh, was sent to California for a, a schooling for two weeks for his work. And our family never really traveled. Once they came from Sicily or Greece, that was it. They didn't, you didn't go anywhere. And so this was a big deal in our home. And, and when I mean our home, I mean our entire family. And so when the day came for my father to leave, we all went to this, the big little airport of Ephrata, Washington. And so we drove there, dad, mom, and my brother and sister and I were going there. And when we get there, all the clan is there, all the family, to see my dad off. And so he took off. And we went home, and those two weeks were the loneliest two weeks, almost aching for my father to come back, how much of a hole there was because he wasn't there. There was a sense of uneasiness. Yes, mom was there, but it wasn't the same as when everyone was there, when dad was there. Well, finally, the day came to go back to, to the big little city of Ephrata and pick up my dad. So my mom and my brother and sister and I get in the car. And when we go there, the entire clan is there to greet him. And so we all come back to our house no room in our little house, but they all wanted to hear the story about his trip. The house was full again. It was complete. There was safety. There was security. There was wholeness because dad was home. In our gospels throughout Holy Week and especially on Good Friday, we lamented with the myrrh bearers. We lamented with the apostles at the loss of their beloved, our beloved Lord. We had such high hopes, such dreams. We lived with him for three years. We felt whole and complete when he was there. But now he was gone. Holy Saturday must have been a difficult time for them. It was the Sabbath, so they couldn't do anything. They had to remain quiet, alone in their thoughts in the emptiness of their homes, in the emptiness of their hearts. Where is our Jesus? What happened? The loneliness and the, and the anger, anguish inside must have been excruciating to lose one you love like him. Well, then on the first day of the week, we hear in the gospel last night, the first announcement of the resurrection, we hear that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb early in the morning. And when they got to the tomb, a great earthquake happened. 
And suddenly they saw this angel rolling the stone away and sitting on the angel, and he looked like lightning, and his clothes were whiter than snow. Brilliant. The guards were towering, fearing, cowering down as if they were dead men. The women were stunned. And the first thing the angel says is, don't be afraid. The one you are seeking for, Jesus the crucified, is not here. He's been raised. First, go into the tomb and look. So they go into the tomb and look. When they come out, he says, see, he's not there. Now go tell the disciples that he goes ahead of them to Galilee. And they will see him just as he told them he would. They must have forgotten all about this during the course of Saturday. How many times did Jesus tell them, you know, I'm going to be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes and I'm going to be put to death, and, and then, but on three days I'm going to rise. John's gospel, three times he tells them. He told the Pharisees, he says, you're going to tear this temple down, but in three days it'll be rebuilt. He tells others, he goes, I'm going to go away, but then I'm going to come back to you. You're going to have sorrow, but then you're going to have joy. So they're running in haste back to the apostles when suddenly in their midst is Jesus, and the first thing he gives them is this peace. Peace be to you. And they fall down in homage and hug his legs. And he tells them, he goes, go and tell my apostles to go ahead to Galilee. I will meet them there. Think of the joy, the immense joy they had when they saw their loved one. Think of the apostles in the upper room cowering in fear when suddenly Jesus is in their midst and he says, peace be to you. At first it's disbelief and he does it again. Peace be to you. They're still not sure. Give me something to eat, he says. What is the source of this joy that we have today? This joy that they had that day. What is the source of this peace? What makes this day so exciting and exhilarating? We hear in John's gospel, Jesus is talking about the commandment of love. And he says, I tell, you to, I tell you all these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy be complete. That my joy may be in you and your joy complete. He says elsewhere, I give you my peace, my peace I give to you. I give you my peace. I give you my joy. Not the joy and peace of the world, but the one that comes from the font of me who is fully God as well as fully man. So the joy that the apostles experienced, the joys that the Murbarian ex had experienced, the joy that you and I experienced this morning is not just our own joy. It's our own joy infused by Christ Himself. He gives us our joy so that our joy may be complete. He gives us His peace so that our peace may be complete. That's why we kind of get goosebumps and we get excited to sing Christ is risen. That's why we work so hard all year long and through the great fast. To call these to mind and to enter, enter deeply into that mystery of Christ's passion, death, and resurrection. 
What do we do with this energy now? What do we do with this joy that's infused with Christ? We celebrate this feast of the Passover of Christ's death and resurrection, prefigured in the Old Testament with Moses. When the lamb was slain and the blood was put on the doorposts and lentils, and then when the angel of death came, anyone who had the blood would not die. Jesus now is the lamb, and his blood was spread upon us. And not just the angel of death passed us by. The angel of death was destroyed. By death, he conquered death. What joy. No more fear. The resurrection, Christ's death and resurrection, is the very fabric that weaves our faith. It is the means by which we are giving hope. We are giving new life. Adam was created, renewed through the resurrection. You and I are made new creations through our baptism in the risen Lord. What do we do with that? What do we do with that great joy? We give thanksgiving. We give Eucharist. Eucharistia. We come here together to celebrate this magnificent event by participating in the body and blood of our risen Lord. The bread we use is Artos. It's risen bread because Christ is risen. We partake of Him. The risen Lord is in me. I in Him. And you and I together in Him. We are completely different. We are completely new. Corruption is gone. New life has been given to us. We have meaning, purpose, and an end goal in life. We believe in the resurrection of the dead and life for the world to come, we say in our creed. Let us live the life that he has given us, this resurrection life with joy and fullness. Because by death he conquered death, and to those in the tombs he granted life. So I greet you with his joyous words. Christ is risen. Christos in Christos Christos Voskresse.